I invite you to open up your Bibles to the first page of your New Testament. The first page of your New Testament. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 18 through 25. And put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Matthew tells us the story of Jesus' birth from the manly perspective of a perplexed guy named Joseph. As I read it, imagine what he must have felt. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because He will save His people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call Him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. And we've seen it depicted. We've heard the meaning of it in in song and in drama. Lord, help us now to concentrate on it in the words of these sacred words, the Scripture, where it's written for us. Help us to get it, Lord, and to get what it means for us today. And we pray it in the name of the the one who was born, Jesus Christ. Amen. Imagine how Joseph felt. Joseph thought he and his folks had found the perfect girl to be his wife. And he had all but married her. In their culture, the betrothal was as binding as marriage. It just wasn't yet publicly celebrated or privately consummated. And then this happened. Verse 18, she was found to be with child. Mary was showing. And Joseph knew it wasn't his little bump. It couldn't be. How embarrassing. How shameful. Righteous Joseph had a difficult choice to make. Should he raise a stink and have her disgraced and destroyed? Or should he divorce her quietly and show compassion? Those would be the choices he could come up with. It would be unthinkable to marry her. That would send the message that he had not waited either and that the child was his after all. He would be admitting and taking responsibility wrongfully. But good old Joseph was both righteous and compassionate. He decided to do a private divorce and then try to pick up the pieces of his ruined reputation. But that night, After he'd made his decision and put his head on the pillow, Joseph had a visitor. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And what that angel said made all the difference in the world to Joseph. The angel announced the coming of Christmas. 
In fact, the angel told Joseph the essential meaning of Christmas in just two key words. If someone was to ask you what Christmas was all about, what would you say? What if you only had time to give them two words? Not 140 characters like a tweet on Twitter, but just two words. What two would you pick? Presents and family. Trees and cookies. Santa and snow. Tinsel and eggnog. This angel told Joseph the essential meaning of Christmas in two key words, really two names of Jesus Christ. Jesus and Emmanuel. We're going to look at both this morning, but I want to especially focus on Emmanuel. Our sermon title today is from verse 23. They will call Him Emmanuel. But let's look at the name Jesus first. Look at verse 20. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. There's no disgrace here. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. See, God is doing something special, something miraculous, something holy. She will give birth to a son, the first angelic ultrasound. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Because He will save His people from their sins. Christmas is coming, and it's coming in the form of a little baby, a son. And this son is to have the name Jesus. Now, if you have the New International Version in front of you, it has a footnote for the name Jesus in verse 21. We're used to that name Jesus, but we don't always recognize what it meant in, its, in the original language. The NIV footnote says Jesus is the Greek form of Joshua, which means the Lord saves. That's why the angel says, give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus means God saves his people. This little boy who is going to be born will be a savior. He'll be a deliverer. He'll be a rescuer. Jesus means God saves his people. That's what Christmas is all about. A Savior has come. A Savior from what? From the oppression of the Romans? What does it say? Look at verse 21. He will save His people from their sins. Do you know your greatest enemy is not your problems? Your greatest enemy is not your fears? Our greatest enemy is not your earthly enemies like Korean dictators or ISIS terrorists. Your greatest enemy is not even Satan, the enemy of God. No, your greatest threat, our greatest threat to our eternal joy is our sins. And as we've been learning in Romans, our sin separates us from God and makes us His enemies. It earns us His righteous wrath. And there's nothing that you and I could do about it on our own. We are by nature dead in our transgressions and sins and dead people can't earn their way back. We can't rescue ourselves. We can't bring ourselves back to life. But God in His mercy has sent a Savior for us. And His name is Jesus. God saves His people. Here's how He did it. He lived a perfect life. He never sinned. He lived in perfect, obedient communion with His heavenly Father. And then one day He took on our sin for us. And He died in our place on the cross. Just like the teen's drama talked about. The Bible says Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. 
And then three days later, He came back from the dead to give us forgiveness of sins and new life. That's why the angel said to the shepherds, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Jesus means God saves His people. Here's an application for that. Trust Jesus to save you from your sins. Jesus came to save and He invites you to trust in Him today. The Bible says that to those who receive Him, to those who believe in His name, He gives the right to become children of God. It's not automatic. It requires repentance and faith on our part. You cannot earn this salvation, but you must receive it by faith. Have you come to trust in Jesus as your Savior? If you haven't already, trust Jesus to save you from your sins. Right where you are. Tell Him right now that you need Him and that you want Him to be your Savior and your Lord. You'll be eternally grateful. And that's a second application. Thank Jesus for saving you from your sins. Many, many of us here today are Christians already. And we need to remember that the greatest gift ever given at Christmas was the gift of our salvation. Let's not forget that the baby in the manger didn't come to be oohed and awed over. He came to die for us. Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. Jesus means God saves His people from their sins. Have you thanked God for this gift today? We should be the most thankful people at Christmas time. Now that's saved from our sins. Yesterday I was talking to a guy who says, there was a guy who died so that we could sin. That's what he said to me. See, he understands that Christ paid for our sins, but he's saying he died so we could get away with some more. No. He's going to save us from our sins. Forgiveness and then the power to say no to sin in the future. The angel told Joseph that Mary was going to have a son and they were to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. But that's not all, is it? This was also an astonishing fulfillment of an ancient prophecy. Look at verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's the second word, Jesus and then Emmanuel. And here Matthew does the translating for us. He thinks maybe his readers won't know how, what, that, what that Hebrew word would mean. He says Emmanuel means God with us. Emmanuel means God is with His people. Now this was the passage we studied last week in Isaiah 7 and 8. Specifically, it's Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. And I know that last week I surprised a number of you with what I said I think is going on in Isaiah 7.14. My interpretation of that passage led me to believe that the first fulfillment of Emmanuel was probably Isaiah's son, Mahershala Hashbaz. Hey, I got to say it again this week. Mahershala Hashbaz, quick to the plunder, swift to the spoil. He was born of a young prophetess. And before he could say mama and dada, the threat that King Ahaz was worried about would have been neutralized. A sign that the Lord was with His people, Israel. But... That's not all that that prophecy pointed to. Remember last week how God offered for Ahaz to ask him for a big sign? You remember that? Nod your head, yes or no? A big sign. And how God told Ahaz that there were no limits to this sign? 
Remember what he said? Whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights, go ahead, ask me for a sign. And Ahaz foolishly refused to test the Lord. Well, the first fulfillment of that sign was probably not a big deal. Kind of ordinary. Pretty ordinary for a young maiden to get married and have a baby. Even with a name like Mahershala Hashbaz, it's still something that happens every day. But what if there was more to it? What if when the Lord said that a virgin will be with child, He actually meant that eventually a virgin will be with child? You see, the Hebrew word in Isaiah 7.14 could be just a young maiden of marriageable age. But it could also mean someone who has never ever had sexual relations. And the Greek word used in both the Septuagint, the Greek translation of Isaiah 7.14, and in Matthew's Gospel right here in verse 23, is almost always used to mean a young woman who's never ever had sexual relations. You see, Matthew sees there's something bigger going on. You know, I almost got another glass of water up here and filled it with water for you. Okay? If, if, if Mahershala Hashbaz was a little dribble in the bottom of the cup, Jesus is... Gallons upon gallons of fulfillment poured into that cup. The angel said that in verse 20, there was a miracle here. Mary had never been with a man, and yet she is pregnant. What is conceived in here, the angel said, is from the Holy Spirit. And Matthew sees clearly that this took place to fulfill, to fully fulfill, to super fulfill Isaiah 7.14. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call Him Emmanuel. The greater Emmanuel. The greatest Emmanuel is on the way. You see, Emmanuel was a pattern. The first Emmanuel was a sign that God was with His people Israel. With His people in the southern part, in Judah, over Israel and Syria. They would be protected. But the greater Emmanuel, the greatest Emmanuel, has come not only to be a sign for Ahaz, but to be the literal fulfillment of His name. Because in Jesus, God is truly with us. Jesus Christ is not just an earthly Savior who came to deliver people from their sins. Jesus Christ was and is God Himself come to earth and entering into humanity. So we sang about it this morning. Sometimes when we sing, we can get more meaning into a word. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Incarnate means the in flesh deity. Pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. You see, Emmanuel wasn't His name like Jesus was. They didn't say, hey Emmanuel, come in for dinner. Emmanuel was a title to describe the essence of who Jesus was and is today. He is God with His people. He doesn't just point to it. He is God with His people. This whole Christmas season, we've been thinking together about what that could mean. Our Advent readings, last week's sermon... Today's sermon, and again on Christmas Eve, we'll be pondering this. Think about what Emmanuel means for us today. It means that God walked on earth as a man. It means that God understands everything that we humans go through experientially. 
It means that because He was God, He could infinitely pay for our sin debt against an infinitely holy God. In other words, because He was Emmanuel, He could be Jesus, our Savior. It means that God could reveal Himself fully in language we understand, the language of humanity, of personal experience, of human love and sacrifice. It means that ours is a visited planet. We are not alone. There is a Creator who made us and who cares about us. Life is not meaningless. And it means that humanity is not just an insignificant class of primates wandering around aimlessly on this planet. Instead, we are a significant class of beings created in the image of God and blessed by our Creator's humility to take our form. We among the creatures of the universe have a dignity that is unheard of because God became one of us but because God was with us. Do you feel alone this Christmas season? As we said last week, Christmas is often a hard time for people. Winter has come. It gets darker earlier. Financial burdens pile up. People get lonely. We miss loved ones who have died. And on top of that, we're supposed to be happy. Right? Christmas is here. Everybody put on your smile. It's the most wonderful time of the year. What if it isn't the most wonderful time of the year? Do you feel alone this Christmas? You are not alone if you know Emmanuel. The most important person in the universe is with you and for you. You're not alone. God is with you. Emmanuel. Application? Live like God is truly with you because He is. I know many Christians who live no differently than the other people around them. They live in fear. They live in anxiety. They live in anger. They live in attack mode. They live in lying mode. They live in revenge mode. They live in impurity. They live in foolishness. I know because I have lived there many times myself. We often live as if God were not with us. We live in defeat and discouragement and denial. But we don't have to. Emmanuel. God is with us. God is here. God has saved us through His Son. We can live differently. We can live as though God were with us because Emmanuel has come. We don't have to live in anger or fear or impurity or anxiety or bitterness or foolishness. We can live differently. We can live as though God were with us because Emmanuel has come. We can live in joy, in peace, in increasing harmony with others, in hope, in edifying speech, with wise choices, because God has shown up. And if God is with us, who can be against us? Matthew makes one small change from the original when he quotes Isaiah 7.14. The rest of the verse is exactly the same as in the Septuagint version of Isaiah 7.14 in the Greek. But instead of saying that the virgin will name her son Emmanuel, it says they will call him Emmanuel. And I think that more than just the they of his parents, there's the they of us, God's people. Now that God has come to us in the person of Jesus, we can confidently say, Emmanuel, God is with us. Let's live like it. One more application of both these names together. This Christmas, tell others about Jesus, our Emmanuel. Because Joseph woke up from his dream. 
He obeyed God and did what the angel said to do. He took Mary home as his wife, absorbing the shame that would naturally come from that. And he abstained until she gave birth to the son, which we celebrate this week. And he adopted the boy and gave him the name Jesus. What the angel said made all the difference in the world to Joseph. The angel said two words, Jesus and Emmanuel. And that made all the difference in the world to Joseph. And it makes all the difference in the world to you and to me. And it will make all the difference in the world to those that we tell. Tell others about Jesus, our Emmanuel. Friends, neighbors, co-workers, family, strangers, everyone needs to hear this message. Everyone needs to hear the essential message of Christmas. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Jesus, God saves His people who trust in Him. Emmanuel, God is with His people, so we can live differently now. This Christmas, tell others about Jesus, our Emmanuel.